Welcome to the first ever episode of Headbanger Heroes, a podcast all about real kick-ass music. I'm Nick Rotundo. And I'm Nick Magarelli. Before we dive into this episode's topics, we decided to start off by telling a little bit about ourselves, how we know each other, where we're from, and how music influenced us throughout our lives. So, Nick, I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Nick Rotundo. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but obviously born New York, raised Jersey. So Jersey boy represent. We've known each other. God, man. Kindergarten. (laughs) Yeah, kindergarten. I can't even count the years now. We're old. (laughs) Yeah, we really are. (laughs) But so I met Nick through kindergarten. I play guitar. I've been playing since like third grade, and I've just always had music around me. I've absolutely love music. I remember my parents telling me that when I was a little kid, just to get me to sleep, they'd put me in the car and drive around playing music or whatever, and I'd fall asleep to that. I mean, Springsteen, Van Halen, like that's what I grew up on because Guns N' Roses, it was all what my parents listened to, so that's what I grew up on. And then I I think what's great about our friendship is how we were able to, you know, share music with each other throughout the years. So like, you turned me on to Avenged Sevenfold, I showed you all about my chemical romance oh and my god all that stuff so yeah lots of lots of good memories so nick why don't, why don't you go and talk a little bit about yourself yeah so i'm nick and i am from jersey i also play guitar music has influenced me to actually write music based off of bands that i really like so i'm heavily inspired by bands like my chemical romance green day uh old fallout boy But growing up, I used to listen to The Beatles, Van Halen. My dad got me into ACDC, Led Zeppelin. It just goes on and on. And I remember that when first meeting Nick, I'll never forget this, but I was on, uh, this was in fourth grade. I I was on the bus. And he had his, it almost, it was like a CD, CD player. It was a CD player, basically CD, a Walkman, yeah. but, but yeah. not the actual Walkman cassette. It was CD player. Yeah, and I and I turned to him and I was like, well, what are you listening to? And you said, oh, I'm listening to Holiday by Green Day. And I said, well, who's Green Day? And <laughs> I forgot I showed you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you paused, you paused the CD, you put that your headset on my on my ears and you pressed play and i was like, oh my god and i remember when i left the bus i got into my dad's car and i said dad there's this band that nick got me into it's called green day and they came out with an album called american idiot do you know it and he turns and he looks at me and he goes into his glove glove compartment and pulls out the american idiot cd <laughs> it's like oh my god that was amazing but yeah, it's it's cool too because Nick has actually uh, inspired me to play guitar, and he's gotten me into one of my all-time favorite bands, which is actually My Chemical Romance. And today we're recording on the day where they actually announced their world tour. Basically, this is a huge, huge day for My Chemical Romance. Yeah, and 
it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I'm still in shock. It's it's so amazing. As of now, we are recording, like you said, on a Wednesday when they just announced it. Friday is when tickets go on sale, and yeah. if I edit correctly and do it on time, <laughs> this uh, this should be going live on Friday when tickets are on sale. So no, guys, tickets are all sold out. We we got them. Totally. Don't try to fight <laughs> us for tickets. I'd like to be able to afford them. <laughs> I actually, it's funny because when I when I saw that they had that tour, when I saw they were playing in Newark, I went. Yeah. I, I said, I I literally reminded myself at least eight times. I have eight, <laughs> I have eight reminders to buy these tickets. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> my dad. So uh, as a goof, my dad for like his birthday and everything every year he goes. I don't want a present. Just tweet at my Kamuka romance saying. My, my dad's my birthday is today. All he wants is you guys to get back together. And so when they finally got back together for the reunion show, I sent him a, to the tweet, or like a, admitting it or whatever. And he was like, yes! <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's huge. But yeah, they're playing Newark. They're playing Philly. They're playing Brooklyn. There's another area around New York and Jersey, I think, too, that they were hitting up. I forget. And then there's the closest one to Nashville is in Atlanta, which is like a two and a half hour drive from me. So, so it all it all depends. Either I get a hotel room and I go to the Atlanta show, or I fly home and see it in Newark or something. So it all well, depends on work and everything. But yeah. I will see them no matter what. In the words <laughs> in the words of Captain America, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I also, um, before we go forward, I should uh, I should state this because you you stated I was your influence on um, grabbing the guitar. I have a big shout out to Rich Canalato, who is a family friend of mine. His father uh, used to work with my dad, and I remember going over their house one day, and like he had like the original Toy Story video game, and we were playing oh. that on the TV, mm-hmm. and. Um, then he like leans over and he shows me all of his guitars and everything. And he was huge into like metal and stuff like that. He still is. But he grabbed the guitar and then just played Eruption by Van Halen. And my <laughs> mind was blown. And I was like, yep, that, that's what I want. I need that. <laughs> he's, he's a phenomenal guitarist. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So hopefully we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe one day we'll get him on the podcast. But oh, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, just insane uh, to hear him play. And I saw him live a couple times. He's fantastic. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so going forward, we'll move into our first topic, which is what have we been listening to recently? So since this is the first episode, it'll only be one week's worth of listening. Uh, but it'll be the top three choices for both of us every week, every episode. However, going forward from episode two on, we'll be doing obviously two weeks worth of listening. What what have we been listening to and stuff? So going forward, uh, my three picks that I've been listening to nonstop this week was Michael Moke Romance's entire catalog. This is before they announced um, the tour and everything. It was just I've been in such a MyChem mood that I've been listening to them nonstop. Conventional. Uh, I've listened to Conventional Weapons. Oh, um, I, I brought them. you my bullets. Black Parade. Uh, Three Cheers. Danger Days. I, I've been listening to every single album. So, and then my second is I have a personal playlist I made on Spotify of all my favorite songs of Linkin Park. 
And last week, for some reason, I was like in a mood and I was like, I just need to listen to some like sad Linkin Park songs. <laughs> and so I was listening to a bunch of those, like Leave Out All the Rest, uh, Shadow of the Day, like all those, like just like the really like, I don't want to say mopey because they're not mopey. It's just yeah. like the more somber songs. And I was yeah. just like, this feels right. I just want to be <laughs> in this moment right now. <laughs> um, and then finally, the last thing that I've been listening to is a certain album by a band I saw live and I found out about them like in such the weirdest way. Like they're not, I don't want to say they're not big because they are pretty big. Like they've got social media following and stuff like that. And they've released a couple albums since um, I've seen them. But I saw them open up for My Kamuka Romance at the Starland Ballroom in Jersey for the Danger Days tour. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was me, my cousin, my dad, and one of his buddies. And my dad and his buddy were in the back at the bar hanging out watching from afar and me and my cousin were up pretty close like angled uh, diagonally to the stage Uh, so i was looking at the stage kind of to my left and the lead singer of this band i think it's a seven piece band i could be wrong on that i apologize if i am but he grabs him he grabs the mic grabs a megaphone jumps off the stage, goes over to a barricade, climbs up a stepladder, and then walks on the hands of the crowd, screaming the lyrics through the megaphone into the microphone at the crowd. I was like, this is insane. And I love it. And then, like, he fell back, and they were, like, carrying him and everything. And then they brought him back onto stage, and he goes, all right, somebody took my shoe. Whoever brings it back gets a free T-shirt from us. So wow. go, go over to the merch booth if you have my shoe. That's amazing. Because <laughs> I, I need it back. <laughs> <laughs> so that band is uh, This Good Robot. Great band. I love them. The two so went after the concert. They had somebody handing out cds of just two of the songs which were chronic town and woe is barnaby black those two songs have been done a little bit differently over the years they've changed it re-recorded it and everything so the album called the human i am the deluxe edition is on spotify and i love that album woe is barnaby black is on there uh chronic town's on there a couple other songs and then they have acoustic versions of a bunch of songs and the acoustic version of the human i am is like so heartwarming like it, it feels like you're so intimate because like it's a song about like they're, they're a very like fantasy band um very much like my chemical romance where they have you know ideas in their head where like danger days was about the killjoys and they had this whole story planned out so like just this song in particular the human i am is about a guy who's a superhero and his love interest is falling I don't know if it's off a building or whatever, but he's singing about how he wants to try and jump and reach her and grab her. And it's like this whole thing that she brings out the human in him. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's really interesting, actually. So highly recommend that album, uh, This Good Robot, The Human I Am Deluxe Edition. So, Nick, we'll move on to your picks. What are your top three things that you've been listening to? Okay, so um, this band, I actually started listening to a few months back and i absolutely loved this album the band is story of the year and the album is called wolves and it's 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 an alternative uh it's an alternative band but the album is really interesting because it takes different turns but in a really cool way there's a lot of stuff that's more you know slow or upbeat or there's there's one song on the album that's so heavy 
with the guitars. Like, it just makes you want to bang your head every time. It's it's <laughs> such it's such a great song. You'll catch me every now and then at work whenever I listen to that song. I'm just oh my god, this is a great. And I have coworkers looking at me like, what what are you doing? Because <laughs> I'm just banging my head. I have one of my I have one of my coworkers <laughs> looking at me like, what are you doing? Because I'm like jamming out to some music every now and then. <laughs> So it's all good though. Everybody does it every now and then. Oh yeah. So the second um, band that I've been listening to, and I actually bought this album a few days ago, and I'm gonna make a little shout out to my girlfriend Katie. She actually got me into this band, and I bought the album right away. The band is called The Story So Far, and it's a self-titled album. Not many people, I don't think, know of this band. It, they're they're really, really, really good. They're they're more of like a they stick with more of like the pop punk kind of er- like area or like heavy alternative. It's more in that range, but it's funny because every time if I have a conversation with her, I'll just say, uh, "Oh, hey, are uh, I'm listening to Story of the Year," and, sh- and she looks at me. She says, "Wait, who?" And I say, "Oh, wait, never mind. The story so far." Because they sound so much alike, <laughs> I get confused every time. <laughs> I see you have a uh, a running gag here of the word story in all of your songs so far. <laughs> <laughs> I do, <laughs> except the last one. <laughs> um, the last one I actually I found on YouTube, and I it's cool because whenever I'm feeling really bored, I just type up a band that I know on YouTube and I just take it from there. I see like uh, suggested playlists or whatever and I click it and I find just bands that I don't even know. And this band is called Hello Demons Meet Skeletons and the album is called Choices. It's it's more of a heavier, the heavier side, more of like a metal kind of side, but it sounds like Foo Fighters if they were metal. Interesting. It's really cool. And what makes this even cooler is that the lead singer and guitarist of Hello Demons Meet Skeletons is actually the lead guitarist in Seven Dust, which huh. is a metal band. Yeah. Really, really good band. But Hello Demons Meet Skeletons, amazing, amazing album. It's actually an EP. There's five songs, five or six songs. Oh, my God. The last song, The Curtain Burns, I can listen to that song on repeat all day. It's so good. I don't know what they do to the guitars, but it sounds so awesome. <laughs> Well, those are some excellent choices. I will have to uh, check those out as well. So topic number two of this episode is, well, last week was the Grammys, or this past weekend was the Grammys. Yeah. So we wanna, I want to highlight a couple things. We'll, we'll talk about different little topics of certain awards, who won, and performances and stuff like that. And then there's something I actually will add to this um, that I didn't put in the script that'll be towards the end but to start it off with we have the aerosmith with run dmc reunion performance did you watch online the performance kind of (laughs) parts of it yeah um i I don't know how i feel about it it was good um i saw i mean like i I watched most of the grammys i kind of stopped after a little bit um just kind of lost interest after certain amount of people performing and stuff like that i just was like okay i saw enough but it was pretty good uh aerosmith sounded great for the most yeah. part uh joe perry was killing it as usual and then they started walk this way 
And then it stops, and like, like Stephen Tyler waves them all off. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up, hold up, hold up!" Oh, and no. then all, you see this like fake brick wall, and then Run oh, DMC no. breaks through it, and is like, they oh, start no. it again with the actual. And it was good. It was good. <laughs> Stephen Tyler was his normal, you know, Stephen Tyler self. <laughs> uh, he took a baseball hat that had the Aerosmith logo on it. He was wearing it sideways and then yeah. forwards and stuff. And I was like, "Okay, he's trying to be hip and cool. Yeah. I get it." <laughs> And then he pulled two women from oh, the oh. crowd up on stage with them and was dancing with them. Oh, it's a little oh. awkward for me, but I mean, look, it, it's Steven Tyler. That's what he does. Yeah. I look a, as an Aerosmith fan. I've seen them live and everything. It, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there in today's society who think otherwise due to you know PC and you know stuff going on with politics. And I don't. I don't really want to get into that. It's not yeah. this type of podcast. But it just Steven Tyler has to really think about what he does before he does something. <laughs> is what I'm saying. I, I'm fine with what he did personally. Um, it's a very Steven Tyler thing to do to start dancing with girls and, you know, it's, it's old school rock. It's old school rock star, you know, back in the day, what Aerosmith would do. So I was fine with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, like with Aerosmith, they're an old band. They're a really old band. So it's pretty, I feel like now (laughs) when you're dancing with, you know, uh, two young women women it can be a little cringy but at the same time it is steven tyler like you said and um that's not saying that you know just because he's steven tyler he gets yeah that's not we're saying you know it's not a bad thing at all it's just steven tyler like there's no other way to put it (laughs) there's no other way to put it this man is this is how he lives (laughs) exactly it's it's uh it's how he'll always live he'll live like that when he's in when he's 90 (laughs) (laughs) i still don't know how keith richards is still alive but oh my god dude (laughs) him joe perry steven tyler i don't know how all these old rockers are still alive but we have people you know dying left and right from different diseases and everything (laughs) it's crazy they sold their souls to the devil (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) but um the next thing is best rock performance and best rock song go to gary clark jr for his song this land and he did a live performance as well Everything about that's great. Um, I love Gary Clark Jr. I saw him actually here in Nashville this past summer. Um, they do a thing called Live on the Green, where every weekend, right outside the courthouse, they set up the stage, and it's all free. It's all done by a radio station here. And it's mostly local music, but they every now and then, like, one or two bands per week come, and they're big names. So... The first week of this past year's Live on the Green was Gary Clark Jr. was the headliner. And I was like, I am not missing that. That's awesome. I saw him perform and he killed it. And then, of course, one of the last songs he had to end with was his version of Come Together that he used for the Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon, whatever you want to call it, Justice League movie. (laughs) Oh, that's a great, great cover. It is. It definitely saved part of the movie. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god absolutely but yeah i i really enjoy gary clark jr this land is really good um the music video is really interesting he also has another song that he did with tom morello i think it's blood on the water or something like that i always forget the name of it but it's a very like hard rock mixed with like techno 
It's very interesting, a very cool take on it. And I, I honestly am a very big Gary Clark Jr. fan. Next, we have Best Rock Album. I have yet to listen to this album. I do like the band, though, so I'm going to have to take a look at it. It's Cage the Elephant with their album Social Clues. So Cage the Elephant's cool. I like them. They're a very good band. Happy to see that Real Rock is still winning Rock Album of the Year. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of, you know, seeing these fake bands that are, you know, cookie cutter people, you know, people in the record industry are giving them lyrics or whatever, and they're considered rock. They're not rock. It'd be pop. It'd be rap. It's whatever. It's not rock to me. No, rock is its own thing. Yeah, which is why I'm like iffy on the whole inducting rappers and stuff like that into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, I get it. Like, they were the rock and roll of that time. Like, they were very rock and roll if you want to give it a, like, an adjective type thing, like the definition of rock and roll. But it wasn't the genre of rock, which is why. Like, it's it's a huge honor. Yes, it's a huge honor to get into that. Yeah, exactly. it's it's the rock and roll hall of fame it rock should be there should be a music hall of fame and then yep. all the genres are separate exactly. after that as well exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> up next we have best alternative music album father of the bride by vampire weekend I've been meaning um, to listen to that. Okay, I have I haven't listened to I've it either. I've been meaning to listen to it. But the Vampire Weekend's very good. Um, obviously, you know them from those commercials for cars like years ago during Christmas and everything. They always did those songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, holiday, oh holiday. <laughs> now I'm gonna stop singing before we get copyrighted. <laughs> and then best metal performance was a was it 12 minute song something like that. It's yeah. uh, I never know how to pronounce it it's tempest but erase the first t and make it a seven zempist zempist Zempist, i guess um but it's by tool and what was cool was so i love so this is their first album in how many years now like Uh, i forget uh oh i don't i don't know years 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 man yeah but um they i believe the album was recorded here in nashville really I believe so. I think it was at Blackbird Studios because I have a family friend who is in college right now and he came down to Nashville last year to intern at Blackbird Studios. Wow. And uh, he was like, yeah, Tools recording their new album, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it was Fear is the new album. Fear, I can never pronounce this, in Occulum? Yes, that's the, it's a 15-minute song. <laughs> 15 minutes and 44 seconds i mean recorded, tool no it was recorded at volcano rca rca records is here in nashville though tool is known for their very long songs though i think that's what makes them tool yes well it's metal it's you know you have those breakdowns you have very oh, intricate yeah. solos and everything it makes sense but yeah it was recorded recorded in rca studios which is here in nashville yeah that's awesome. Um, yeah, so the the RCA studios are actually, or like RCA Records is very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very big. Like it, they're, they're probably one of the biggest names when it comes to recording because RCA is what got, you know, Elvis Presley and all of them started. Mm-hmm. So they, I've been meaning to, I haven't done it yet, but I've been meaning to take a tour. They have the RCA Studio A and B uh, open to tours whenever basically as long as you buy tickets for it and everything and i want to tour it because they have it all set up still from like when elvis was recording and everything oh wow yeah it's crazy um 
So what was, the one thing I want to mention about Tools winning the best metal performance is this was not during the regular Grammys. This was during the pre-Grammys, like when they were walking down the red carpet and everything. They do, they do that a lot because there's so many different awards that yeah. some of the not as big ones are handed out, you know, before the show. They're pre-show awards, which I will say, I'm a little, I don't want to say offended. I'm a little disappointed at the fact that we've come to a generation now where, like, best metal performance, which is a whole genre in and of itself, has now become a pre-award show award. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, then you have, like, I mean... Uh, Metal and rock aren't as big as they used to be. I get that. But yeah. you have all these performers who, some of them, I mean, I don't, I think we could deal with like one less performance than we got. Yeah. I didn't hey. need that. I mean, I get it. It's a music show. Perform, do it. But I feel like if we got like one less performance, we would have been able to, you know, throw in maybe three, four more awards. Yeah. And I, I feel them. like more and more down the line, what if rock doesn't come back to where it used to be? Yeah. Kind of how like, Everybody said the day disco died. I, first of all, disco's never dead. Nothing's really dead. Everybody still loves what they love. So yeah. I just don't want, you know, rock to fade out into that obscurity of everything rock related becomes, you know, pre pre award show awards. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But what was cool what was cool about it is one of the members of Tool was interviewed for the award and they gave a nice little tribute to Neil Pert and like talked about him for a little mm -hmm. bit and said it was because of him that, you know, people would actually listen to a 15 minute song. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Because yeah. of Neil Peart, you know, Tool was able to create Zempist. Yeah. So that's, oh, God, amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Up next, we have Best Instrumental Composition, which our boy, mm -hmm. uh, John Williams, won for the, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Symphonic Suite. This is, so we should probably acknowledge the fact that most of what we talk about on this show, on this podcast, is mostly going to be about rock, some metal, some alternative, whatever. I listen to a little bit of country as well. Say what you will. Oh, that's not real rock music, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I'll listen to it. And so we might have some country guests going yeah. forward yeah. since I live here. It all depends who's free to you know hop on the podcast or whatever but to me you know country music is real music as well because they actually play the instruments and sing it and write it sometimes and what have you so we will talk about that and then obviously any type of movie music stuff like that that we're really into such as you know john williams we're going to talk about so hence why this is one of the choices we made to talk about galaxy's edge symphonic suite of which i have yet to go we're nick and i are planning to go hopefully next year we're saving up that money yep <laughs> and then we're gonna ball out like ballers <laughs> all the blue milk <laughs> oh yes and you know i, I went with my yes. family back in november and oh my god what an experience now and, i will stop you here first yeah. let, let's let's do two things one you and i have both watched both watched countless hours of videos of people in galaxy's edge talking to you know chewbacca and ray and kylo ren and the stormtroopers and whoever building lightsabers building droids yeah. trying all the food trying all the drinks going to the cantina all the rides everything so we've yeah. seen all those videos is it that much of a difference to go and actually see it yourself like I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is like seeing the videos. Did it do it justice enough to where like you go and you're like, yeah, this is what I saw. Where you're like, holy crap. So it's cool that you mentioned that because when watching all the videos, it's it's it, it just makes you really want to go. But right. then when you actually 
step foot into that section of the park. Like when I when I stepped foot, I'm not even kidding. I forgot all about those videos, and it was as if this was the first time I'm actually seeing this. I was so impressed with everything. I felt like I was in Star Wars. I absolutely loved it. The entire, all the employees, they stayed in character. At one point, I was waiting online for the Millennium Falcon ride, and I waited. It was two and a half hours for for. Oh, God. For a five-minute ride. Well worth it, though. And I really wanted a drink. So I went up to one of the guys and I said, yeah, I'll have a Coke. And he goes, he's like, that'll be 10 credits. And I looked up and I was like, 10 what? And he goes, he's like, 10 credits. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I got I got, I got, got my credits. I just pulled out my money. <laughs> That's great. They stay in character. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so cool. <laughs> so it's crazy how in character like you said they can stay in so the second question i had was with john williams winning the symphonic suite for galaxy's edge uh how was the music walking through the whole park like obviously they pump in music from even when you're walking down the street to even when you're in the cantina or stuff like that so how was it like hearing john williams it's all new music it's not you know from the it's not from the movies like the cantina obviously they'll throw in like a couple classics or whatever like the cantina suite from a new hope yeah, but but like when you're walking down like on the streets and everything, obviously it's all new music. So how did it feel? Did it make you feel more like you were in Star Wars and everything? Yeah, it, it <laughs> really really did, and it's cool too because when some of the music was playing as I was looking through the stores, I turned to my dad and I had the biggest smile on my face, and my dad was so excited that he just, he was running with me. We were actually running. We were looking all around. He was like, this is the coolest experience ever. And there's actually, before you go into the park, there is a ride that I think is called Experience Star Wars. And that's on the opposite side of the park. And you watch it, and it's they show how they built this park. And okay. then, there's also on Disney Plus the Imagineering story, and I think it's the second to last episode or the last episode talks about building Galaxy's Edge as well as oh. in the California version, they're building a Marvel part of the park. Oh my God. But yeah, so John Williams, amazing, amazing soundtrack for the park. Oh, unbelievable soundtrack. <laughs> does, the, does the music itself make it worthwhile of like, this is why you should go to the park? 100%. Okay. 100%. <laughs> I, th- I think we just sold some people on going to the park. I hope we did. I mean, I'm going again. Um, this is the second time I'm going. That really says that you should go. It's an experience. <laughs> Okay, and so we'll step away from the nerdy stuff from all you guys. We'll save you some of that. But so the last thing from the Grammys that we want to talk about is something honestly more pop. It's like we said we weren't going to talk about it, but this is something so incredible. It's groundbreaking. And it's the first female to do this. So amazing. So first, first and foremost, whether she's pop, whatever, I don't care. I like her music. She writes her own music with her brother. So it's not like, you know, it's real. Billie Eilish swept the Grammys this year. She is the first female ever to win the major four, but she won five awards. So she's the first female ever to win all four huge awards, which are uh, record of the year album of the year song of the year and 
or maybe it's the top three, whatever it is. I forget. It's uh, you'd have to like Google it. I, I apologize for not doing more research. This is why we this is why we do the podcast. We learn and grow with it. It's the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> <Cut> <laughs> so, <us a> break. <laughs> <laughs> so she won five awards: uh, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Best New Artist, and Best Pop Vocal Album. And then technically she won, uh, she and her brother together won six, but she won five. Her brother, Phineas, who's also her producer and helps, you know, build all the music. They recorded all in their bedroom together in their house. Yeah. Yeah. Phineas won producer of the year, non-classical. My God. You have to, I, I actually just found this out. She's 18 years old. Yeah. She just turned 18. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it shows you how crazy it's become now to like where anybody can be a musician, anybody can make music, anybody can inspire others, anybody can you know express themselves in any way that doesn't harm other people oh, or yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. She, yeah. She's great. She's great, and her lyrics are uh, they're very moving. groundbreaking. They're, they're groundbreaking, groundbreaking and moving. Yeah. Moving, yeah. And she also got to hang out with Billy Joe Armstrong for an entire day for like this big article in like Rolling Stone because it was Billy and Billy. Uh, <laughs> I am very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that kind of leads us into the next topic, mm-hmm. which is new releases. I feel like going forward, we'll probably state more than one and stuff like that. Like yeah. this album's coming out this week. That's the album coming out another week. Blah blah blah. Or maybe we'll maybe we'll just focus it to one or whatever. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but this episode we wanted to talk about one in particular, which is coming out next week on Friday, February seventh, which is. Green Day's new album, Kids Cover Your Ears, because this is a parental <laughs> advisory. Uh, it's called Father of All Motherfuckers. So I love it. Um, the artwork for the album itself is just hilarious. They have kind of slapped together a lot of the old school, like Green Day and everything. So it's like the logo for the words Green Day is kind of very, I want to say, 21st century breakdown, like the spray oh, paint on the that. drum logo. Yep. And then they have the American Idiot Heart with a Hand Grenade uh, logo there, or the Heart Grenade. Unicorn. And then they have a unicorn. Uh, <laughs> that's more from, like, their Uno Dos Trey um, genre going forward. Like, it was, it's all of them together, pretty much. So they released a couple different songs, I think maybe three or four. And then they just released a new song last week called Oh Yeah, which I absolutely love. It was released last week, and then in the music video on YouTube, the bio of, like, the description of the video, uh, you could check it for yourself. It's still there. It says that they sampled a song from the incredible Joan Jett from her album Bad Reputation, which I'll let you all know it is Do You Want to Touch Me? Oh Yeah, which she covered from Gary Glitter. And in there it says, you know, one of the writers of this song is an asshole. So... All royalties for this song 
are going to IJM and R-A-I-N-N, which if you people don't know uh, who are listening, those are foundations that support sexually abused individuals and human rights, which kind of goes hand in hand with Gary Glitter because incarcerated, still in jail, should be hopefully forever, which yeah. I don't know. I don't know his sentence, how long he's in there for, but the horrible things that he's done, I'm glad he doesn't see a penny of any money he makes from any song he released. But it's very, very cool that Green Day said that all royalties for the song go to IJM and R-A-I-N-N. And I love the song. It's very like old school rock, which is at first I was listening to it. So there's a playlist on Spotify for the Hella Megator, which is coming out this summer, which is Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. Mm -hmm. And... Every time, you know, one of the bands uploads a new song, they throw it into the playlist. So I was listening to the playlist and I went back to the playlist and hit first song, like not even paying attention. I was just like, yeah, first song. And then all of a sudden I hear something. And I'm like, what is that? I realized it was a new Green Day song. Didn't realize it came out last week. Huh. And I was listening to it like maybe two, three times in a row because I really wanted to listen to it and like get it, uh, comprehend it. Uh, and I was like, man, this sounds so familiar. Like the the whole chorus, very, very reminiscent of something. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. It was so old school, like rock from like the 80s and stuff like that. I loved it. And then when I read, I, I Googled it. I was like, because I couldn't handle it. I was, I was getting tired. I was like, I need to know what this is. So I Googled <laughs> Green Day, oh yeah, sample. And then it came up that they sampled, do you want to touch me? Oh yeah. And I was like, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love the fact that they uh, paid homage to Joan Jett as well. I, I'm, you know, I've been listening to Green Day since 2004 when American Idiot came out. So I, I'm, for this new album, I'm I'm almost a little skeptical with it. Only because I grew up where Green Day was just more of like, you know, punk and rock. and anti-establishment punk. Yeah. And like with this, they're they're almost taking this on an experiment. It's almost like an experimental album in a way because they're which trying. I, which I I enjoy. Yeah they, yeah, they said "Father of All" is the short term for the title name of the song, or "Father of All Motherfuckers." It was very different, very. Uh, and it was because of the fact that you know Billy was singing a little differently. It was a lot higher up in key for him, or octave, I should say. And they came out instead that they were really they were really trying to you know try different things. They said they wanted to experiment, which I'm fine with. I yeah. like when bands experiment. Look at how My Chemical Romance went from you know the Black Parade to Danger Days. It was a complete change yeah. of very um, dramatic, very dramatic. It went from somber, you know, like everybody's in uniform, uh, very uh-huh. emo to. You know, Danger Days was still, I, I still consider it part of the whole emo genre and like like that yeah, whole trend. Yeah. But it was very more like poppy with like, you know, bright colors and, you know, yeah. they were all wearing, you know, different helmets and carrying laser <laughs> guns and stuff, which was cool. But so they said Father of All, uh, the title song, was very reminiscent of Prince, which I could totally hear. Oh, okay. So if you listen to it again and like think of Prince in your mind, it makes a lot of sense. And then Ready Aim Fire is really cool. Or maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. Is it Ready Fire Aim? I, I always, because uh, I was, I remember it was really weird. Fire Ready uh, Aim. Fire Ready Aim. That's it. So um, <laughs> Fire Ready Aim is a really cool song in and of itself. And they actually partnered with the NHL to use that song. 
Yes, they did. Which I believe this is the second time Green Day's done that with the NHL. I believe. Yeah, yeah. First time was uh, 21st century. Yes. With uh, Know Your Enemy. Yep. And then I think the NFL has used that too. I forget. Yeah. The NFL, the NHL, and I think the oh MLB God. baseball. Yeah, MLB. Yeah. That's three. I believe so. Yeah, they're so <laughs> what's cool about the speaking of baseball and everything, the Hella Mega Tour is a a stadium tour. It's not a arena tour. So it's not coming to like, you know, Newark, New Jersey at um the Prudential Center. It's gonna be at like, you know, not saying it's going to be there because they they're, they don't have a date for Yankee Stadium. They're not going to do Yankee Stadium, but actual baseball stadiums they want to do. Yeah, that's it's cool. It's like a it's a new it's a new direction. They have well, they I haven't seen a band do a tour like that in a while. Um, I know like City Field, like the Mets, they do a lot of like concerts after games and stuff. So like obviously back when it was Shea Stadium, uh, the Beatles played there. In City Field, they had um, the Foo Fighters and a bunch of other bands, stuff like that, perform. Uh, I believe it was Linkin Park, Blink-182, and the Wu-Tang Clan mm-hmm. were supposed to perform at City Fields for some tour that they were doing back when Blink dropped their first new album with the new singer, Matt Skiba. And then, unfortunately, you know, Chester passed away, and then the whole tour yeah. pretty much got canceled. Oh, my gosh heartbreaking yeah it was actually that it was actually that week when the next week they were supposed to perform at city field i was was thinking about going i was gonna see them i was looking at tickets oh it's still to this day very very heartbreaking yeah it's very 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 heartbreaking because he is chester is like you're not gonna get a vocalist ever like chester very unique well it's very, very unique. He's, what a phenomenal singer. And he, he had to go at such a young age. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, oh, God. But we don't want to be sad on this podcast. No sadness. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll be a little sad in a little bit. But um, we can make it happy if you want. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll, we'll, we'll be a little happy. A little yeah. celebratory. Let's do this. Which is um, the next topic, truly rocking birthdays. So these are all the birthdays that we felt were to be acknowledged. So what musicians have birthdays the week we record is basically how we're going to do it. So first up, we have on the 26th, which was three days ago (laughs) um, (laughs) from recording, Eddie Van Halen, who is 63. My God. (laughs) Then on um, the 27th, we have Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Probably, like, you know, the, the greatest musician ever. Uh, <laughs> one of. Um, then we're going to skip the 28th. There wasn't really anybody else on there um, in our recognition. The 29th of, de- uh, I was going to say December, uh, January. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, yeah, we're going back in time, guys. <laughs> um, January 29th, we have Adam Lambert, who is 37. Then on January 30th, we have Phil Collins and also my dad's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So shout out to Mark. Happy birthday. <laughs> but Phil Collins is 68. And then we have the 31st of January is Justin Timberlake's birthday. 38 and Tyler Hubbard of 
Florida Georgia line, his birthday, and he is 32. And then February 1st, we have Lisa Marie Presley, who is Elvis's daughter, who turns 51. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Rick James. (laughs) Cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rick James, bitch. (laughs) Oh, God, I love it. Oh, me too. (laughs) So then I guess we'll go into... Unfortunately, uh, the recent deaths slash uh, death anniversaries in rock music. It's time uh, to get sad again, guys. It's really time to get sad. Uh, uh, the first one we uh, we talked a little bit about before, but we want to take a moment to give credit where credit's due to probably yeah. one of the greatest drummers in all of rock music, if not yeah. all of music. He died January 7th, 2020. At 67 years old, Neil Peart, the drummer for Rush. Oh, my God. Uh, and he also did some vocals as well. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, such such a shame. I wish I could have seen them. My dad saw them years ago, and he said it was like nothing else, like, like Getty Lee singing and playing bass, Neil Peart, and then, of course, I'm horrible because I forget the guitarist's name, but... It's kind of how it always is with Rush yeah. because they're the two biggest names. Um, <laughs> but but Neil Pertman, uh, such a shame that he has passed away. We each decided to pick a song, and so yeah. we're each going to play a clip from that song. It'll cut off, play the clip, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the song. So my clip, my choice for song has to be not Tom Sawyer. I know what you're all thinking. Oh, he's going to pick the basic one. And I'll admit, I actually played Tom Sawyer in a concert for like a summer camp. I was in a rock camp a couple of summers, and one of the songs was Tom Sawyer. But my choice is The Spirit of Radio. So the spirit of radio, what a hit, what a classic. I, I love his drumming on it. It's just the intro in and of itself, which is what the clip I chose. It's so intricate because it's like a weird like time frame. It's not four, four, where it's just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It's like all over the place. And the drumming specifically is very like intricate where it focuses on the bass notes Mm -hmm. so when the bass is like the drum is doing that too so it's going along with each note which is very interesting and something that always has caught my eye when i listen to rush specifically that song so nick what's your choice of song so my choice is yyz I really like this song because it's all instrumental and it's more uh, you really get down and dirty on those drums like yeah. really really down and dirty with those drums and it's cool too because when listening to this song I began to uh, really appreciate Rush a lot and it 
this song reminds me a lot of this band that I really like, Dream Theater. And if you compare Rush and Dream Theater, Dream Theater is heavily inspired by Rush just because of the the instruments. It's that Rush was so ahead of their time with this type of technicality because they're very like they speed and their guitars are everywhere. It's nothing like people back in the day have ever heard before. And I think that's why they're so huge because they gained a lot of fan base based off of their sound. It's, it was new back in the day and it's something that people will always remember because with Rush, Rush has a very unique sound. So whenever you hear something on the radio, you're just like, that's Rush. Absolutely. And it mostly is. So if you've seen the movie Fanboys, the movie about how you know a group of guys who were childhood friends decide to one last adventure together with one of them who is uh, dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And they decide to get into the van of one of the characters and travel across the country to steal episode one, the Phantom Menace from Skywalker (laughs) Ranch. So that way they can see it before their friend dies. And so they get into the van and when they open up Hutch, who owns the van, they open up his suitcase of cassettes to play. And the main, one of the main characters goes, Hutch, it's all Russian here. How about a little variety? He goes, it is all rush." All the time in my van. Rush is variety. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how I will always remember Rush, is that they can do anything they want to do, and it, not one thing that they do is the same as any other thing that they do. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So to stop being sad and <laughs> kind of give more of a tribute to those who have passed on previously in past years we are gonna quickly roll through some death anniversaries in rock history and i feel like this was a very cool thing to do Uh, besides neil pert i wanted to give you know throughout the week that we are recording who is passed so uh, we have billy powell who died on the 28th of january in 2009 he was the leonard skinnerd keyboardist we have paul Cantner. Paul Kantner, who died on the 28th of January in 2016, who was the singer and guitarist for Jefferson Airplane. And then we have Dennis Edwards, who passed away February 1st, 2018, who is the lead singer of The Temptations. Mm. Sad to see, you know, such great musicians pass on, but yeah. such is life. I hate to I hate that we always are gonna have to end each podcast with you know mm. the deaths like that's how we're gonna end it really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- I think I have some ideas on how we can improve on that down the line in future episodes. I have some ideas that I think will be pretty cool, which I'll implement. May- maybe it'll come in next episode. We'll, we'll talk about it after yeah. we stop recording here. But <laughs> before we go on to signing off and giving all of our social media and everything. I do want to say thank you all for listening. It has been such a pleasure to start up the second podcast. If you don't know, this is part of the Silent Lion Studios on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts, where Silent Lion Studios podcasts are going to be host, both on those. I might also try to get it on Google. We'll try. We'll see. But also, this all started from an original podcast, the Under the Mask podcast, which really started from 
working in the radio station of my college. I worked there all four years, starting off as a DJ and then actually getting a job there, you know, being news director and then program director. And honestly, it was one of the best times of my life. Uh, it's what had me meet a lot of my friends, what introduced me to a lot of cool music. It's what led me to, into doing podcasting myself. Obviously, you know, Kevin Smith was a big inspiration in doing that. But when I decided I wanted to do a podcast of my own, radio show podcast-esque with my buddy uh, Chris, who's Chris the Bearded Wonder on the Under the Mask podcast, was like second nature. It just clicked. We we did Geek Week at uh, our college. And then from there, just kind of once we graduated, we were like, let's do a podcast. Let's come on. Let's actually do the real format for it. Yeah. Um, I, I fell in love all over again with podcasts this year. I told myself, you know, 2020 is the year for new year's resolution no more no more procrastination do more things that you love and i'm happy so far i'm loving it procrastination's been a little hard to get over i'm still working (laughs) on that but (laughs) and then the last thing i want to say before we get into the social media is i will announce what next episode is going to be because we already have it planned um Mm -hmm. and it is a set time um we probably won't go into what the next topic will be for each episode going forward. But because this is a set time, we know what we're going to talk about. We're going to do a whole review on um, Father of All Motherfuckers by Green Day, the new album coming out next week. So next week, there will be a Under the Mask podcast episode. And then two weeks from now, we'll come back. That'll be, let me take a look at my calendar, on the 14th. So the 14th, the podcast will be out so with that can be found on social media you know i'll do the same as under the mask which is casually cosplaying on instagram and on twitter it is casual cosplay in um this podcast can be found on like i said before soundcloud and podcasts through silent lion studios that's all you got to look up uh and then other than that, um, I think that's all the social media I'm going to give. I haven't been active on my YouTube. So go for, we'll, go to, we'll go to Nick. Nick, what is your social media where people can find you? So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I post a lot of uh, funny shit. <laughs> it <laughs> is um, at Magarelli Nick. Or if you want to go on my Instagram to see uh, pictures of me, my friends, and just my life in general, it can be N underscore Magarelli. All right. So with that, be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, uh, review us, share it with everybody. We want this podcast just as big as uh, the Under the Mask. We want both of them to be huge. So yeah, let's uh, let's bump them up. Let's get them out there. Let's let's get a following. So once again, I'm Nick Rotundo, and I'm Nick Magarelli. Thank you all for joining us. This has been Headbanger Heroes. We talked about music, and artists, and concerts, too.